distinguished guests, the ministers, distinguished guests, the ambassadors, uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, representatives of the different Qatari and international institutions, uh, distinguished guests, may the peace of God be upon you all. On behalf of the Arab Center for Research and Policy Studies and the Institute for Palestine Studies, I would like to welcome you to the second edition of the annual Palestine Forum that is being convened in a critical period of time of the Palestinian cause, where a genocide war is being waged by Israel against people in Gaza, and it targets also people in the West Bank and also Palestinians in the 1948 territories, which gives it a very special importance. This aggression has targeted in excess of 100,000 people, Palestinians, some of them are martyrs, uh, wounded, uh, and uh, in excess of one million have been uh, forced uh, to uh, leave their territories in addition to the destruction of the infrastructure and buildings in Palestine. And despite all that, Palestinians and free people worldwide, they want to hold Israel accountable for the aggression that it carried out. Uh, so these events uh, have, uh, uh, through... The the uh, apartheid system and the aggression uh, have targeted people after uh, removing all aspects of humanity uh, that uh, Palestinians used to enjoy. And the Palestinians uh, are against uh, this uh, genocide, uh, this aggression, and also the expulsion from history and their territories, uh, which is a repetition of the same story that started years ago. So at a time when words for the Palestinian cause has been fought uh, more than any time before, and there are people who are criminalized and punished because they stand with the Palestinian cause uh, or call for the end of the aggression on the Gaza Strip in order to try to gang, uh, gag sorry, people who try to support the Palestinian cause. And this applies to academics and students alike. Uh, that is why this forum comes uh, to fill this vacuum and also to be a free space for people to exchange ideas and opinions and also to start uh, discussing the Palestinian cause and also to constitute a sphere for discourse and studies and research, particular to Palestine and other relevant causes as well. So the second edition is being convened after the success that was achieved in the first edition. And there has been a call for papers for the second edition in the spring of 2023. And we have received the research paper in uh, papers in September 2023. And in the scientific committee, we have peer-reviewed the different papers that have been received we have had in excess of 500 proposals and after we chose uh, the different uh, papers and due to the fact that we have not received some of the papers due to the deadline and due to the fact that the two institutes are aware that the importance of this forum is not only particular to the scientific and academic standards, but also it should rub shoulders with the recent developments and the different critical issues that are taking place and also the level of championship that is manifested by the Palestinian people in the face of the genocide. So that is why the committee looked into covering the different dimensions of this aggression and the challenges that are linked to this national 
project. We in the Arab Center and also the Institute for Palestine Studies, we are very proud that this is a very important annual event that is dedicated to the Palestinian cause from the academic quality perspective and the research paper that are presented and the diversity of the different researchers that contribute to such kind of forum from different parts of the world. In the second edition this year that witnesses a great deal of interest from the Arab world and international worlds, we have in excess of 70 papers, all of them are peer-reviewed after all the papers have been scientifically reviewed and have been distributed in keeping and we are going to have a constellation of papers that are dedicated to the Palestinian cause, such as the history of Palestine, the Palestinian cause and Palestine in Arab relations and international relations and many aspects that are very important when it comes to the analysis of this very important cause, such as apartheid system and so on. And because we have had a number of many, many papers, so the forum is going to dedicate a number of sessions in the morning period and we're going to have the afternoon that is going to be dedicated to the different sessions as well and the different uh, papers are going to be uh, presented in parallel sessions. We're going to have four parallel sessions in the morning. We're going to have them in Selwa 1, 2 and 3 and Rayyan. And also we're going to have the public seminars that are going to be presented in the Al Majlis Hall in the afternoon of every day. And also we're going to have evening sessions in the second and third days in Al Arabi Center. And we're going to take the uh, participants at 5 p.m. from the hotel to the Arab Center. This is just a general outline when it comes to the second edition of this forum, which is part of the research agenda of the two institutes. Uh, I would like now to give the floor to Dr. Tariq Mitri to present uh, to you the opening speech. But before that, I would like to introduce him to you, Dr. Tariq Mitri. He is the uh, head of the Board of Trustees, trustees uh, of the Institute and he is the repre former representative of the Secretary General in Libya. He has worked as a lecturer in Lebanon, in Europe and many other countries. He has been uh, held many ministerial positions such as administrative development, culture and the environment and he was also vice president. Uh, he was Deputy Minister of Foreign Affairs and also he was member of the Arab Center for Research and Studies and he has authored many books and articles and I would like to talk about uh, particularly religion, the community uh, and also he has authored many other books uh, uh, about Libya and in uh, 2015 and also the strong and weak Arab states after the Arab uprisings. This is a book that was also authored in 2019. Ashabas. 
distinguished guests, ladies and gentlemen, dear friends. So we are meeting here in the second edition of the annual Palestine Forum in order to continue with our joint efforts between the Arab Center for Research and Policy Studies and the Institute for Palestine Studies in order to study the Palestinian cause from different perspectives since the Nakba time and throughout the Nakbas that took place afterwards. And in order to exchange ideas about the future and also the pathways of work in order to uh, regain the rights of the Palestinian people, here we are meeting in light of the tremendous suffering that the Palestinian people are subjected to in Gaza and their resoluteness in their own territories, despite all the plights that they are subjected to and also attempts to end them or to force them to leave their territories. Gaza is built from fire now. And the people of Gaza are victims of war crimes and also crimes against humanity. And they are also victims to a genocide. So any acts that are under the genocide convention and that the ICJ should be ratified and plausible. And that is why we have had a number of procedures that have been undertaken that were included in the resolution that was undertaken by the court. And this coincides with the large-scale violence that the Gazans are subjected to at the same time. The Palestinians in the West Bank have been subjected to a lot of aggression by the different settlers and that are carrying out such acts under the protection of the different security apparatus of the Israeli Israelis. So they either try to help them or to try to turn a blind eye to what is being committed. And despite all this ferocious uh, aggression that the Palestinian people are subjected to, they realize that they cannot force them to migrate despite all the aggression they have been subjected to. So they insisted to stay in their own territories in light of all that had been instilled in their own minds, taking into account the different massacres and the bitterness of migration or forced migration. So the destruction is unparalleled when it comes to the killing of people and the destruction of buildings. So this continues with no end and it contributes and aims to make Gaza a place that people that cannot live in. On the other hand, we still see moral and political pressures being exercised and they are unable to put an end to the aggression that is taking place and to impose a ceasefire. And we do hear people talking a lot about the future, about the phase after Gaza and about the political process that should start after the end of the war. So with the, and also talking about the two-state solution and uh, that we hear about here and there, it seems that uh, the interest in the normalization of relations between Israel and the Arab countries seems to be a priority for uh, the USA more than the end of the war and more than also finding a serious pathway that would lead to a two-state solution and also to fear to have uh, 
a new uh, promise or to talk about the previous promise about uh, the new state of uh, Palestine. This is a justification perhaps for the normalization that had been talked about. We are not here in the space where we expect that people are going to honor their promises from the part of the United States of America. We are facing a real test when it comes to the positions of the Arab countries and other countries. And a prelude to that is the real pressure that is exercised on Israel and that has not been exercised so far in order to to force Israel to uh, have a ceasefire. This becomes uh, very critical, particularly when we talk about building the national unity of the Palestinian people and to have uh, a legitimate uh, representation of the Palestinian people. So this is not only a conflict that is uh, uh, given interest or secondary interest by the Arab countries and the world at large. And the cause uh, has... uh, uh, regained its importance internationally and in the Arab world. And it is also true that the real solidarity with the Palestinian cause can change the reality in which we live, uh, even partially. But we also are aware that uh, people showing compassion from different parts of the world, and this has become apparent, this uh, did not put any pressure on governments enough until now. Everybody knows that the calls for an end of the war, this is expanding, these calls are expanding worldwide, but these calls have not reached a point where they can decisively impact the policies of the different governments. So this did not stop at the calls for a ceasefire, we have seen different manifestations of popular support for the people of Palestine in their palace, in their plight, and also in their resistance for against the occupation. People have become more aware about the Palestinian cause, particularly amongst the youth. And now we see the importance of these cumulative efforts that have been made in recent decades in order to reinforce the Palestinian narrative, in order to see all the facts that have been proven and also through serious studies that tackle the modern history of Palestine from different angles and aspects. And the Arab Center for Research and Policy Studies and also the Institute for Palestine Studies, these two partners are jointly presenting and organizing this forum and they have covered a share of all the efforts that have been exerted and also they have uh, knowledge uh, and research that has been developed in order to shine light on the legal, the political and historical and ethical dimensions and that related that are related to the Palestinian cause in all truthfulness and with all efforts in order to persuade people. We have seen uh, compounded responsibilities in this uh, field since the beginning of the aggression against Gaza and it is 
incumbent on us uh, to rise to the level of responsibility that we have to honor. And what had been produced by the two institutes, the Arab Center and the Institute for Palestine in recent months, uh, is a stride in the right direction. But we are invited uh, to expand the level of efforts and works. And we're going to continue with the documentation, with the research and also analysis in order to meet the needs of the public opinion for these works to be a reference not only for the past but also for the current situation that researchers and media representatives and activists and also representatives can resort to and the documentation and analysis efforts would be able to preserve the memory and also to contribute to direct and indirect campaigns that should be carried out in order to hold the perpetrators accountable for the massacres that have been committed in Gaza. It is our duty to launch new programs and also to have tools that would enable us to follow up with the situation on the ground that have been imposed on us as a result of the situation. And this forum that witnesses a large participation, a diverse participation, is very important indeed. But this forum and before that and after the forum this is going to be an opportunity to facilitate dialogue with regard to the future of the Palestinian cause and this is going to be an impetus for more and more efforts to be made in order to move into new horizons and may the peace and blessings of God be upon you all. We would like to thank Dr. Tariq Mitri. I would like to invite to the podium Dr. Azmi Bshara to come to the podium to present the opening lecture. Of course, he is known to you all, but I'm going to briefly try to introduce him to you. I do apologize, Dr. Azmi. Dr. Azmi Bshara, he is the General Director of the Arab Center for Research and, the policy, and Policy Studies, and also he is the Head of the Board of Trustees of the Institute. He is a thinker, an intellectual. He has authored many books in different languages, in uh, political thought and many other kinds of subjects. He has a work on the civil state and also a study about the contradictions of Israeli democracy and also an introduction to an Arab democratic uh, manifesto and also he has authored uh, many other books about the revolution, about secularism and also the military and policies and also he talked about a number of Arab models and he talked about uh, democratic transitions uh, and authored some other books that have become a reference in the field of study and also he has a book about Mas'alat al-Dawla and also talked about other books and we're going to see 
see the second edition of the same book, which is the Arab state, uh, talking about the beginning and also the pathway of that state. And he has authored another book, uh, Palestine Matters, uh, Truth, uh, and uh, so on and so forth, Sectarianism uh, Without sex, uh, Sect, sorry, and many other books uh, talking about the different Arab revolutions. And this is an analytical and theoretical contribution and also it is a documentation effort for the revolutions that started in 2011 in three Arab countries, Syria, Egypt and Tunisia. Ladies and gentlemen, ministers, leaders, of the civil society distinguished gathering. I am uh, approaching this meeting as an annual Palestine forum as its plan. I would like to start with the following observation. Studies relating to Palestine are not an independent discipline. They interact with regional and international disciplines. And as I mentioned in my similar welcoming remarks last year, universities and periodicals in different countries have a huge amount of interest. Yes, in this phase, this interest in Palestine uh, gains more importance because of the attempts by Israeli academia and the right wing and the new McCarthyan trend in the West and as a result of the attacks by the Hamas Islamic movement on the 7th of October and the genocide waged on Gaza since and under the guise of anti-Semitism and anti-Israel and other pretexts in this age of uh, military hysteria where all the covering of events is an attack more or less on the achievements of the freedom of uh, expression uh, in the academia. The populist right has been facing with a lot of resoluteness, steadfastness by all the forces who are on the side of freedom and human rights and the believers of genuine democracy. I will not take too much of time to discuss this subject in full but it's difficult for one to control himself without uh, mentioning something that the campaign to defend the people of uh, Gaza being now compared to anti-Semitism now, quote-unquote, Arabs and Muslims now are the anti-Semites who are attacking the state of 
as well. This irony, to say the least, which is manifested in the haters of uh, Jews in the past now being lovers of Israel and people who are defending the rights of Palestinians as anti-Semites. It's true that the Palestinian cause has been intertwined with the Jewish question in the West and the Arab question in the East, but because this problem has been going on for all this long period of time without a solution, this constitutes new challenges because of what's happening now in Gaza, in addition to what's been happening in the past decades. The war has revealed more apparently than ever before that the settler nature of this conflict is not the only factor, but the nature of the state of Israel, the state of Israel, the people of Israel, as they have done in every crisis, they act as a tribe which are biased against any other way of thinking. The indigenous population should pay, collectively should pay the price. And according to this Israeli mentality that these indigenous people do not understand any other language but force, because for the ones who have remained on this land should also be made to leave because they tolerate these actions. The occupier does not show any consideration for this. And if the indigenous population shows any signs of resistance or rejection, then they should be immediately punished, like demolishing their houses or uh, punishing an entire village because a person who resisted comes from that village. Uh, ultimately, the destruction of the entire Gaza Strip and make it uh, a place which is not suitable for human life. And this has taken some barbaric proportions and brutality. So therefore, any any signs of showing weakness from their point of view, and this would reveal the weakness of the settlerist community and requires a response which be full in proportion, and it can mean all levels of life, even economic, media, human rights, and their society now in Israel turns every person, every citizen into a soldier. And you may have been watching how a soldier will present, will present his destruction of a building block as a proposal of marriage to his fiancée or a gift for his little daughter on her birthday. So therefore, fascism is coupled here with this brutal show of force and paralleled. It's not just a feeling of revenge in a way to restore 
their sense of deterrence, which the attacks of Al-Qassam has destroyed on the 7th of October, when a Palestinian fighter forcefully brings an Israeli soldier out of his tank and takes him captive. This, in Israel now, is leading to a strategy based on teaching the Palestinians a lesson they can never forget, and it's not just through a, a collateral damage, but it's a deliberate attempt of genocide. This campaign against the indigenous population is justified by all, all sorts of, and the cynical of the Holocaust, cynical uh, borrowing of the uh, vocabulary of the Holocaust uh, to the extent that uh, some Israeli soldiers on the way to Gaza were interviewed and they said on, they are on their way to Gaza but they feel like they are going to Auschwitz the uh, Nazi concentration camp thereby even damaging the memory of the victims of the Holocaust. Uh, of course, this has manifested itself in the campaign of bombing, uh, where the latest products of uh, destructive weapons have been used. Ehud Barak, the judge Ehud Barak, the judge who represented Israel at the International Court of Justice, he, he said at the time of uh, war hysteria, there is no law in Israel which can prevail. Of course, uh, when they justify their actions in this way and they, pers they perceive the other as a threat which does not only require force, but also the, to, to train whoever remains living on this land to accept apartheid as a way of upbringing. And they even change the curricula in schools to accepting this and Palestinian people should give up forever any mentality of resisting injustices. Every generation of Palestinians produces its own culture of resisting uh, resistance of the occupation. The Israelis on their part uh, using their quote unquote democracy use whatever means they have to make the Palestinian people kneel to their dictates. And the Gaza siege reminds us of what happened in Beirut in the 80s and Ramallah later on and the war on Lebanon in 2006 and the successive wars on Gaza that the question of Palestine is not a concern for some Arab countries 
being impacted in various degrees. It's the central Arab cause. We may differ on the reality of an Arab project if it ever has existed before and whether it has collapsed with the birth of the Camp David Accords or the Iraq invasion of Kuwait or the 1967 war. In any event, expectations and disappointments by Arab countries really is no replacement to what we can call an Arab system or order which does not exist. And what we have is just separate Arab countries with their own interpretation of the collective Arab security. If it wasn't the reality, then we wouldn't be living the reality of countries like Libya, Sudan, Lebanon, let alone Palestine. So therefore we see attempts, ongoing attempts, to uh, include in the Arabic, official Arabic discourse uh, vocabulary be, uh, we'll call the question of Palestine rather than a Palestinian-Israeli conflict or the Israeli-Arab conflict. In fact, the Palestinian cause is a cause for national liberation. So why should we, then knowing this case, continue feeling this anger? We remember when the PLO was placed under siege in Beirut, the Arab countries did not move. Then Ramallah was placed under siege, and which was a prelude to the assassination of an Arab leader, who was Yasser Arafat, and nobody moved. So why we continue this? Is this uh, some sort of a masochist trend which, is, uh, which we are following? And why don't we feel the same activity and vibrant response to football matches, for example? We understand that uh, the entire uh, public opinion in the Arab world is in sympathy with the Palestinian cause and the Palestinian resistance. Uh, and this is uh, a feeling which is apparent and does not require a lot of skill and political uh, analysis to discover that. But, however, having said that, this is not impacting the Arab regimes and each separate regime is conducting its own, uh, its own policy, although sometimes they pay lip service to the public opinion and its slogans. So therefore, uh, we see a campaign of support in the Western, in some Western countries, which continue and uh, increase in momentum compared to some bursts of anger in Arab countries which rise and then they soon disappear. Now, the right of sympathizing with Palestine in some Arab countries has become something which is banned 
by law. I don't have time to delve deeply into the Arab protest movements with Palestine. This can have an impact if, it's, if they tend to continue and be resolute and keep and maintain a momentum. Now we see there is a, a proportional relationship between what goes on in the Arab street and the scenes of uh, suffering by the Palestinian people. At the same time, lack of official responses from governments. This is something we should uh, watch and observe. What I would like to say now is the bitter reality in the Arab world now is something which we should take into consideration as part and parcel of the strategies of struggle and resistance. And also, although a critical view will lead into some disappointments, and this is different, of course, than what we've been saying about supporting resistance. So therefore, uh, we should not, uh, we should not, uh, there's, uh, it's, it's, uh, there's no justification of the lack of uh, aiding the Palestinian people in Gaza. This does not require any analysis. The Arab and Muslim countries who decided to send aid and didn't, this will be a responsibility which cannot be justified. The aggression on Gaza has revealed that uh, the basic element is based on interest and the biggest uh, standard the media organizations follow is hypocrisy and double standards. And uh, the, the fact that there were no presence, direct presence of reporters in Gaza to report on the crimes perpetrated in Gaza, this will be a shameful spot on the history of international news organizations forever. For the first time in history, Israel works so forcefully to impose its vision and classification of its friends and foes including its uh, imposing its will on the UNRWA and some universities and academia to the extent of intimidating those who disagree with them. The American administration bears a huge responsibility. In my opinion, people will start feeling fed up and tired of this kind of action and behavior because uh, this kind of action which is contrary to logic cannot continue forever. Israel, of course, shares a, a huge network of interest with the United States and this makes uh, the United States and uh, the West uh, who find themselves obliged to continue supporting Israel. And it's undeniable that the 
Uh, Israel is considered a deterrent force and a stable partner, but uh, this does not explain everything. When uh, main Arab countries try, if they reflect the uh, public opinion, even if it has nothing to do with the Palestinian cause, will have to find themselves in conflict with Israel, and that will mean a burden on the Western countries. And if there is agreement or between them on differing with Israel rather than competing on how to get even closer to it, this will change the situation. I'm talking about the future. There are many ifs that the situation will change. The Al-Aqsa flood operation has re returned the Palestinian cause to the forefront, but Israel is competing with time to turn back the clock, and it considers its main task in this war was to destroy the organized resistance, Palestinian resistance in Gaza, and to convince the Arab countries to continue normalization with Israel without solving the Palestinian question or the state. And it's understandable that any access, any Arab-Israeli access will necessarily mean ignoring the Palestinian question. And although Israel has failed so far in achieving the strategic aim of destroying the resistance, in, because as soon as the fighting faded, the resistance emerged again, even in northern Gaza. Israel cannot believe what's happening. This, of course, is in addition to Israel's inability to free any uh, hostages. All what they've achieved is to destroy any means of life in Gaza to make, to force people leave their land. And when, when the time comes, when the war stops and people find no place to live or no work or no schools, no hospitals, and the Palestinian people will, uh, uh, what can people do then? This can encourage a kind of a forced displacement, despite uh, people are convicted in the uh, American government and also in Israel that it is not feasible to continue destruction after nothing is left for it to be destroyed. Uh, and also the fact that uh, Israel uh, can uh, uh, no longer have any compassion towards it. Uh, so we're talking about six or five days. This is possible, but to continue with a long war without an absolute reliance on the support of the United States of America. And that is why the pressure increases, but it doesn't happen. It still gives advice to Prime Minister, who is very much proud uh, amongst uh, or Within his government, he knows that he, how to deal with the American government. And only two days ago, on the 8th of February, we heard the American president for the first time saying that he forcibly pressures Israel in order to have a long-term and sustainable ceasefire. And also talking about the account of Israel that it destroyed 
two-thirds of the power of Hamas. During this time, the occupation continues what it's doing, and the arrangements of the, of the day after the war, for them, it is considered a victory in the war because it includes a new management for the Gaza Strip, which is going to be uh, under a security management of Israel. And this would require cooperation with the United States of America. And the day after is the day which is after the destruction of uh, the schools. And uh, this is the uh, promoted kind of explanation when it comes to the day after war and the day after war it is uh, the day of the continuation of occupation uh, despite all what has happened uh, and uh, based on that uh, we are at a crossroads now and uh, Israel and its allies are going to impose new political arrangements that are going to put aside the Palestinians and not allow them to practice their rights more than what had happened during Oslo that the the PLO resorted to after the first uprising in order to overcome the uprising that took place and after the 1982 uprising. And this had led to more splintering of the efforts that have been made and achievements. And if this happens, time will go and pass as it happened between these two agreements and also to adopt new phases and also settlements that are not going to give the opportunity for any establishment of a new Palestinian state. And we're going to have elections, Israeli and American elections, one after the other, and also conflicts for authority without sovereignty. And this international system or regional system cannot, cannot overcome the dear price that was paid by the Gazans and also the killing of children uh, and also destruction of schools and hospitals and universities and cultural institutions and also the hunger that people have been subjected to. We cannot also ignore the valorous acts that were carried out by the resistance uh, and more than that and here I mean this kind of resistance, uh, this is an achievement for the Palestinian people in terms of organization and institution building. So uh, what has been achieved by the Palestinians reinforces a unified leadership within the liberation movement if they insist of having a just solution and if it is supported by the Arab countries. And this is something that cannot be overcome regionally and it should not be overcome from an international regional perspective. We are at a crossroads because uh, the Palestinian cause has come to the forefront uh, and uh, perhaps we can be close to a just uh, solution and lasting solution. In these historical crossroads, uh, in uh, critical junctures, uh, as we call it in sociology, so in these critical junctures, uh, so the agency can achieve uh, uh, supremacy over the different structures that control them. So the human capital becomes very effective. Uh, and it is said that only in these historical junctures, structures, uh, agencies overcome structures. And if they want uh, 
to uh, foil uh, this uh, structure by Israel, that is why they have to realize that this is not going to be possible unless we have two options. When we talk about a historical juncture, that uh, either through a national agreement that would lead to sovereignty and independence and to have one authority in the West Bank and Gaza or on top of a tank. And if they have these options, and if the different resistant factions want to take part in deciding the future of the Palestinian people and the occupied territories, if they want to translate their achievements into political structures, they have to be part of the PLO. This is the legitimate and official representative, and they have to agree on the conditions of such kind of entry. We are at a juncture, and the decision should be taken speedily, and we cannot go into rounds of reconciliation like the ones that have led to so much frustration in the Palestinian people. I have an observation with regard to some polemics taking place amongst intellectuals. Some of them I know very closely. You do remember the shock that came in the aftermath of the Tufan al-Aqsa and also the fighting plans that have been carried out by the resistance after 17 years of the siege that has been imposed on Gaza. And the shock that the Israelis knew that this resistance does not uh, is not similar to any other resistance because it is of a military nature and also the number of Israelis that have fallen and the level of anger has led to an existential concern because they fear that they go in to lose the possibility to deter because of this situation, which is different from what preceded it. And there have been many discussions about the responsibility of the resistance and also the military when it comes to being responsible for the killing of some people. And this has led to chaos due to the fact that they have gone beyond the siege that was imposed. And some of them have led to criticism and even condemnation without uh, uh, touching the right for resistance. Uh, so the uh, machinery in uh, Israel, uh, so they try to uh, condemn all what had happened uh, as a result of one operation that was carried out, carried out by the resistance, although that it was exceptional. They try to shine light on this act uh, uh, as opposed to thousands of heinous crimes that have been carried out by the Israelis in Gaza. And that summarizes very, very well the book of the Dawah, uh, the, the book of, uh, sorry, the uh, the. Uh, the condemnation and the case that was uh, uh, presented to the ICJ by uh, South Africa. And they insisted that the operation was military, that uh, tried uh, to try to target uh, uh, the military and not civilians, uh, and that the chaos, they are not uh, responsible for what had happened. And also, they condoned any relationship between this, re this act uh, and the targeting of Jews for being Jews, uh, and also, 
they underline that Israel is an occupying force. And there have been uh, a lot of criticism with regard to resistance, and some of them were very implicit uh, from some who support the resistance as to how, why such an act was, and uh, whether this was calculated or not. Uh, so we have heard such kind of arguments, not only in the history of the Palestinian cause, but in the history of resisting uh, injustice. So the just the uh, resistance that tries to rise against injustice, are they responsible for the repression that people are subjected to under this occupation, even those forces that are well organized, that have resorted to an operation that they not control their repercussions uh, that had led to so many to so much destruction. We have to separate between the different levels of discussion, particularly when amongst intellectuals uh, discuss such matters. Uh, and we should not forget, of course, uh, or put aside the absurd discussions that take place on social media. Had the resistant consulted you, perhaps you would have had the opportunity to uh, to uh, express a rationalized kind of opinion. And of course, there is always an opportunity to criticize whether this is an ethical criticism or a strategic criticism. This kind of discussion is possible and should be uh, dealt with in the different camps and those that support the right for the resistance to resist. And if we talk about a people that have lost their country for more than 75 years and people have been subjected to displacement and they have been subjected to so many wars and they have been responded to by Israel through a genocide, where would you stand in such kind of perspective? Nobody has asked you about the kind of operation nor the timing. You are not a person who is resisting and holding arms. I'm not talking about a, a strategic discussion that should be uh, dealt with, uh, particularly when it comes to the means that have been undertaken by the resistance. I'm talking about an ethical position uh, when we talk about the resistance that includes tens of thousands uh, as it seems, tens of thousands of fighters. It is an elite of fighters from a people that are in the millions. So this requires a lot of resoluteness for many, many years. And they have entered into an operation. So can you diagnose this cause irrespective of the results? So the main cause, in my view, is the occupation of this and the uh, the group uh, uh, sanctions and punishments that have been inflicted on the Palestinian people. And we have to remember those who join uh, the discussion of the feasibility of this matter are opposing all manifestations of resistance, and they do support peace with Israel without a just solution to the Palestinians. And it is necessary to delineate a dividing line between the two positions and between the two kinds of discussions. We should not mix the two together. That is why we have to have another discussion, which is not related to this matter. For those who do not go through the defense for uh, against occupation, 
and defend the people against genocide in an attempt to restrict and to carry out more, more acts. And they have been hailing of a victory from the beginning. And victory is not only manifested in the resoluteness of the resistance, but this is a victory which is a comprehensive one because it is going to lead to the defeat of what is inevitably going to be defeated. So we can say anything based on what is unseen or unknown or as a result of excessive optimism. And all of these are statements and reactions are based on proving or condoning. Can neither be proven nor condoned because these are only words that all these things have nothing to do with the reality of war in Gaza, that the people have been subjected to genocide and the resistance are calling for ceasefire and uh, the defeated state uh, insists on continuing the war. What is the logic in such endeavor? I think this mix-up between these different levels, the ethical and the unethic analytical level, and also uh, all of these uh, uh, things are fallacies that would impact this just cause and would lead people to take positions that can contribute to the resoluteness of the Palestinian people in the face of what they are being subjected to, and also to achieve gains for the Palestinian cause and not their adversaries who would like to neutralize the case because we do not want these uh, things to be to no avail, the sacrifices to be to no avail. This is an attempt to try to cover the crimes that have been carried out by the occupation and also to make the resistance responsible for the crimes committed by the occupation and also to try to disseminate fallacies. So, and delusions. So, the resistance is going to continue as a result of the faith and resoluteness and the good training and the preparation that they have gone through for their resistance. That is why they are standing with their heads up. And this is a preparation that had continued for many years. This is a preparation that continued for many years, and the Palestinian people suffers beyond the pale, and they do not want to lose their dignity and their humanity in these circumstances as a result of an unjust, racist occupation that only keeps on carrying on these crimes of genocide. So the intellectuals all from their positions. They should show solidarity for the people in Gaza and try to confront this, these lies and also try to defend this central cause for them to unite under one leadership, which is the LPO, because we do not want all these sacrifices to be to no avail without having a just solution to the Palestinian cause in order not to in order to guarantee the non-repetition of these crimes that have been committed by Israel and may the peace of God be upon you all. Thank you, Dr. Azmi, for this lecture. Now we will start the forums proceedings. Thank you.